Yo, Counter-Tap Podcast with myself, Daps. Guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that good stuff. Um, I'm going to do a quick one. I'm going to try to do this as often as I can. But this is going to be a quick World Cup update. I'm going to try to get on it, give you content on a daily basis. And um, we're going to see how it goes. Well, I say daily, but daily is a bit of a push. But where I can do daily, I'll do daily every two days. But definitely at least two or three times a week during the World Cup, um, we're going to be doing this. So, yeah, um, we're here. But before we get into that, make sure you keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that. Keep getting at me with your comments, your questions, everything. And let's get the engagement going during this World Cup. So, obviously, World Cup has started. We're going to... Um, we're going to first go go on and say who my predictions are because I've realised I've not actually done that yet. But I know it's the, like, the, the safe one to go to, but I'm going to go with Brazil. I need to put that out there now. Initially, I thought maybe Argentina. But if I do say Argentina, it's literally just the Messi factor. Messi and, you know, he's got other you know, quality players around him, but it's nothing compared to Brazil, if I'm being totally honest. And I think what we're seeing coming into this World Cup, or what we did see coming into the World Cup, is that Neymar is bang on it. Jesus is bang on it. Casemiro is there. Rodrigo is there. Vinicius Jr. is there. And um, Martinelli, after mentioning, he might not even play that, that much, but it just goes to show the attack that they've got. And I think there's something about it right now where I just think, I just feel like they're, they're, they've got a little buzz, they've got a little groove right now where they feel as well that they can really come in and, and do something here. So, um, yeah, that's my pick. Thought I'd get that out there. And you guys, who is your pick? I mean, who are your picks for um, to lift the World Cup? Let's get this out there now so that first one we can go and then we're going to look back and see what everyone's predictions were. So comment in the below wherever who your predictions are why you feel like it's going to be them um but yeah world cup has now started one thing that has been grabbing me though and i'm gonna i, I need to get this out of the way what i'm not liking is the political aspect of it and when i say that i mean by all means, have your views and have your thoughts about the World Cup and Qatar bribing their way to it and everything. But what I've been seeing now is a there's a lot of performative stuff. I don't feel like, I feel like a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon. I feel like a lot of people are saying certain things that they're just hopping on just because other people are saying it. And the main thing I have a problem with is the fact that we're going to, like the World Cup is in a country where, you know, it's 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 a Muslim country. They have their laws. They have their rules that you have to live by when you're there. And I agree in regards to the migrant workers. I agree in regards to the living conditions and the conditions in general that that the migrant workers had to um, go through. And you know the fact that a lot of migrant workers have died and passed in the making of this um, World Cup. And just in general. But what I don't agree with is... Well, I agree that it's wrong, by the way, all of that stuff. What I don't agree with is the fact that 
we're picking and choosing what is and what isn't acceptable. So, and this is a touchy one, the LGBTQIA+, I think I've got that right, um, because the country doesn't agree with it, now it's like we need to speak out against your country for, for not, you know, for not agreeing with it. And my thing is that if that's their rules and that's their legislation, then let it be. You can protest all you want about the migrant worker stuff, but, you know, gay rights and 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 whatever else it might be, like, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Do we do we now say, okay, America has America has their own gripes and America has their own hang up, so they shouldn't host the next World Cup. You know, there was a whole thing about a drinking ban, but if that's the rules, if those are the rules of the country, then let it be. But what I'm not liking is they're trying to do the most. So I was watching the England game today, and at half time, they dedicated three or four minutes to just talking about how a lot of um, fans couldn't get in and it's unacceptable. And, you know, they're just really trying to damage the, um, the credibility of this. And even though the credibility has been damaged because of the whole bribing stuff and everything, I just think you can't go to another man's country or you can't go into another man's home, let's say, and tell them how to live their life. Do you know what I'm saying? So, and if we're going to keep doing that, we're going we're gonna to need the energy to remain the same when it's America in four years. So all of the things that people don't like about America, all of the, you know, gun laws or whatever, all of the um, abortion stuff that they got going on, like all of the stuff that, you know, starting wars and, and slavery and uh, whatever it is, keep the same energy. Do you get what I'm saying? So I just, I just think it's weird and, and funny how we pick and choose when we want to protest and whatnot. And also, again, the armband stuff. I just think, you know, for the, just to provide a bit of context, it was said that if um, if players wear the armband, the um, the pride armband, they would automatically get a yellow card for doing so. And players didn't wear the armband. I just think it's performative. If you really feel strongly about something, you're not going to get put off by a yellow card. We've seen man protest in 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 the past and have much bigger sanctions, have much bigger things to lose. Do you get what I'm saying? We see Muhammad Ali, you know, because of his of of the um, racist in, injustices he he'd been experiencing, he couldn't even fight. He couldn't fight for years. He lost out on livelihood. He lost out on money. He lost out on on parts of his career. Do you get what I'm saying? But you wanna stop at the armband. Just say you don't really want to wear it. Do you know what I mean? Or just say it's not really that important. But it just needs to stop. I'm just not here for it. And um, But what, what do I know? You guys, again, let me know your thoughts because if we want to come and just play football and enjoy the World Cup, let's do that. If we really want to stand on a hill, where does it stop? In fact, I'm going to play something and I never, ever agree with Piers Morgan. But some of you might have heard this already. So I'm going to quickly try and get and get it up where Piers Morgan is talking to someone about it. Uh, Twitter. I saw the video on Twitter. So let's see. There we go. 
Hopefully you guys can hear this as well. So I'm going to play something from when Piers Morgan was talking to someone. Oh, here it is. You wouldn't here it is. Uh, Gary Lineker says he wouldn't receive Qatari money. Uh, he doesn't like the feel of it. I think the, the word Brazil used was reprehensible. Would, would you go to mm. Qatar? Are you excited about the games? I'm, I am going to Qatar. I'm doing some punditry for Fox for the America England group stage because I, I my show airs in America and we fast forward so I uh, laced with rank hypocrisy I mean in the I read a column last week in which I went through all the problems that all the countries in the last 32 had and, and I mean for example eight of the countries in the last 32 that's a quarter of the countries in the World Cup finals uh, outlaw homosexuality you know, one in four <laughs> countries so if you're going to use that as the stick to beat Qatar with, you have to then beat the other seven countries. You don't have a World Cup. And if you don't have it in Qatar, which is the first Middle Eastern country to have it, where do you have the World Cup? Do you go to Africa, where many countries uh, it's illegal to be homosexual? Do you go there? So that rules out that continent. Uh, do you go to America, which has rather draconian laws about abortion, which play very badly, for example, in the UK? In other words, once you start putting your moral, moral halo on right. Where does this where does this stop and who is morally clean enough to actually host a world so, cup? Are we are we the country that illegally invaded Iraq, which then started a twenty year reign of terror by ISIS? Are we morally yeah. clean enough to host a okay. world cup? I mean, so, so, I so yeah, let me just let me just stop that there. But basically that, that that's basically what, what I'm trying to say. Like where where does it stop? And I think People might feel strongly about certain things, but I, I just feel like right now it's jumping on the bandwagon. And um, yeah, it's cool to to speak out against um, some of the things which, to be honest, if you're not going to do it the whole way, then just, then just don't do it at all. So yeah, that, that's that's me. Like, and and, and um, if, you, if you feel like I'm, I'm over the top or I'm open to actually be not prove wrong but have some sort of conversation about it just let me know in the comments and i'm going to reply back but um on to the actual football yesterday we saw um qatar play um against ecuador and i'm not gonna lie to you guys qatar are awful qatar are really bad really really bad and you know what i've noticed when you get these teams who and we saw it with England, um, with Iran today against England. Some of the tackles I'm seeing, and I say this as someone that's played football, that still plays football. Like, there's certain tackles that I just don't like to see. Do you get what I'm saying? And and some of the tackles when when things aren't going their way, they're, they're just reckless. So I don't really like that. I, th I think the officiating so far has been a bit, and it's only what. Four games in now. We're only four games in. I think the officiating could be better. I think they're very quick to pull out that yellow card at times. Um, I think some of the VAR stuff, like it's, but it's early days. It's early days. Let's. I'm not going to nitpick too much. I'm just. I'm just happy that at one p.m. I could be sitting at my desk, working, and football is going to be on tomorrow nine p.m. and it's Argentina as well. Do you get what I'm saying? And the day just goes by quicker when you just got football all day. So I'm not going to complain about that. What I do want to talk about though is England opening game today. I was happy 
that Gareth um, decided to go with the back four. I feel like if he had gone with a back five against Iran, it would have been a monstrosity. It would have been an act of terrorism because, should I really say that? It would have been a monstrosity. I, I feel like with the four at the back and three in midfield, three up top, it just gives room for more fluidity. I don't think England are good enough at inviting pressure and soaking it up and then hitting on the counter-attack against the bigger teams. I think England and attack are very, very good. They're very, very strong. And that's the, obviously the best part of the England team. I think defensively, there are, you know, frailties, you know, which which I'll, which I'll come on to in a sec. So I think if you've got that much going for you in attack, then go out and attack. Let the players be free. And I'm just really happy. I'm just really happy that he decided to not do four, I mean, five at the back. He decided to let the players go and be free. I felt like up until the first goal, they were a bit, mm, a bit, sketchy they were a bit conservative once that first goal went in we saw we saw what they can do granted it's against Iran granted it's against Iran so I'm not really gonna you can only beat what's in front of you at the end of the day and I think if England had walked away with a 1-0 win it would have been ugh. but the fact that they come out with 6-2 and you know big performances listen Jude Bellingham I keep telling guys, he is the truth. Hopefully, I've, I can edit this properly and you can see my tweets from 2019 where I'm saying Jude Bellingham is the truth. Do you get what I'm saying? And again, I don't care if it's against Iran. We see him do it in Champions League. We see him do it in Bundesliga. If he comes to the Premiership, it will be exactly the same because he is the truth. And I think players like him, and if you listen to this podcast, you will, you will know I'm a massive fan of Bellingham, you will know that I've been singing his praises for, for so long. And I just think that he should be first name, obviously, Kane, Sterling. First name when it comes to that midfield should always be Bellingham because he plays beyond his years. He's got a maturity about him that I personally, for a midfielder, haven't seen. I, I, I don't think, he plays so mature, he plays beyond his years. And some of the things he does, he can attack. He can, like, in the second half of that Iran game, he, he had to play a more reserved role. And he can do that. He can do that with ease. Do you know what I'm saying? He's got decision-making is good. And even the way he carries himself, like, he carries himself like a seasoned pro. And you have to remember, this guy's only 19. And obviously now they're talking him up um, before the World Cup. Coming to work, he's been spoken about in a way where he's probably going to be the next one to move the next big player for next summer. Every summer they, they pick someone out and it's gonna be it's gonna be him. And I just really hope that off the back of this World Cup and his form for the rest of the season, if he does come back to England, I really hope that he picks the correct team. Because England has a way of players like that not noticing them because it's all about the it's all about the um the stats, it's all about the goals, it's all about the assist. But his play is way more than that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think in years to come, I've said it on this pod so many times, in years to come, Jude Bellingham will be seen as one of the world-class players, one of the...
the best midfielders in the world. And they'll look at him like that, but never really rate him as he should be rated. Because players like him remind me of like Michael Carrick's that go under the radar. Remind me of Luka Modric that go under the radar. Not playing style, but just the players that, that don't get the ratings that they should. Luka Modric obviously got the Ballon d'Or later on. But yeah, you guys get what I mean. It's just going to be underrated. But yeah, great performance from him. Starboy, Saka. I said coming into this tournament, England's front three should be Saka, Sterling and Kane. I think, the, you know what the funny thing about Sterling is? I mean, not Sterling, Saka. The funny thing about Saka is that everyone now is talking about Saka in a way based on that game. Like, oh my gosh, Saka. But he's been doing this for Arsenal. But because with Arsenal, everyone's so blinded by the fact that we're winning and they're trying to throw in their reasons as to why it's not going to happen, why um, in, in regards to the league or whatnot, um, why we're winning and, and why we shouldn't read into it and they're proper downplaying everything Arsenal are doing right now. Saka, his form is has gone unnoticed. But now he does it for England and suddenly it's like, oh, star boy. But he's been the star boy. Do you know what I mean? Like Saka should always have been starting. Both goals for me, the first goal, smash it. Top bins, I'm having that. Second one, one versus one, I mean one versus one, one v one, He's an absolute demon. If he stands you up, it's a problem. And that's what I love about Saka. He's okay standing the player up and dribbling past him. And to have the composure to finish as he finished, mad. Sterling, another man. I'm speaking about the mandem today because this is one of those podcasts. Sterling, yeah? The disrespect I was seeing, I tweeted it as well, saying that Sterling has been getting disrespected because when I'm seeing people's <coughs> so yeah so I was just saying that Sterling's been disrespected because when I've been seeing people's um predicted lineups Sterling's been left out strange and a lot of the time oh he's form for Chelsea it's not but you see Sterling for England it's a different it's, it's, it's a different thing altogether it's a different ball game and I just think there's certain untouchables. Kane is an untouchable. Regardless how many times we've seen Kane stink up the place, we know for England he should be starting always. Sterling is the same. He should be starting for, for England. And, you know, I'm happy that he got his goal. I'm happy that he played well. And you see that finish? Mad. Big up Harry Kane on the, on the assist as well, though, because that cross, that pass, he didn't even look. He just put it in the area. And Sterling, Sterling dispatched. So I'm happy that Sterling is, you know, started off um, right. Saka, Bellingham. I wanted, I really did want Kane to, to score a goal though. Only because um, if he doesn't score a goal, I think the longer that game went on, the more greedier or the greedier he would have got. And... Um, but they took him off. He didn't get his goal, but he played well. And I have to say that. I like to get on Kane because he plays for Tottenham. And people say he's world-class, but um, really and truly, I, I do like Harry Kane and and I'm, and I'm he played really well. He actually played really well today. So, big him up every time. What else about that England game? Oh, defensively. Number one, never a pen. That was never a penny. 
in the first half, their player was trying to take um, was trying to take the shirt off Maguire's back and fouled him. It was a stonewall pen. Didn't even get checked by VAR, I don't think. Second half, I don't know what what they saw, but they gave a penalty. And yeah, I, I think as as time goes on, that needs to be sorted out because there's going to be games where there's going to be much bigger things on the line and we can't have decisions like that. So that pen, I'm not even going to talk about that pen, but the goal, and I don't want to plough on um, Maguire, but the guy, he, it was a good, it was a good um, Iranian, I think it is, Iranian, Iranian. It was a good goal from Iran, but um, I think he lost Maguire way too easily. I think Maguire was too static. And big up Scotty. Scotty always says that, or he even said it today. Harry Maguire is good at marking the man, but he's terrible at marking the spaces. And I agree with him on that. That's why it's so easy for that guy to slip away from him. And then Maguire goes off injured. I don't know what was wrong with him, but yeah, I don't know. I think against against the bigger teams who are going to move you about, move the ball about and, you know, have good movement, he might struggle a bit. So, but, you know, it remains to be seen. You know, we've got much bigger tests coming up. I think Wales and, I think they'll beat Wales. Oh, do you know what? I say that. I say that, but even when I was watching today, I think if if USA and Wales decide to play a game where they take it to England, England will struggle. England are good at where, England are good when teams set up in a way to not take it to them because England can attack, keep the ball better now and they're not getting tested at the back. But if a team takes it to England, England are not good enough to defensively take that. I don't think anyway. So if they play that game, if Wales decide to just lump it up to Kiefer Moore in the second half and have runners just running off him and, you know, Maguire is doing the whole static thing if he's still able to play then um yeah I don't know it could be long but I expect England to come through those those tests and um and win so I think that's it Wales against um USA was actually a decent match big up Timothy Timothy Weir on on scoring George Weir's son the only African to ever win Ballon d'Or and not much not much gets said about that because he was such a good player and his finish today was was a re- it was a really really good goal. Nico Williams for Wales though I will say this, he was he was disappointed to come off, but I felt like he didn't have a great game. I felt like he showed the level in in you know in in times like under on, on the World Cup level, on the World Cup stage, there's certain things that you just cannot do. Regardless, because you're gonna get, you're gonna get found out, and you're gonna get punished. So even for the goal, Timothy Weir lost him. He didn't know where he was, and then instead of just letting him run offside, he's followed him so deeply into the box, played him on side, and he couldn't make up. And he overcompensated because of the mistake of losing the man in the first place. So that was bad defending there. And but you know, I'm not gonna be too too harsh on him because. You know, first game in, you know, the game against Iran is going to be pivotal for both Wales and 
um, USA. So whoever, whoever basically notches the most goals against Iran and can, may, and can maybe get a result against England will qualify a second because England are expected to finish that group um, on top. So um, Gareth Bell, though, that penalty, you're not, you're not stopping that penalty. However many minutes left on the clock, pressure's on him to do it. Top bins, smash it in. Yeah, yeah. I saw somewhere, I need to find on this podcast where I said Gareth, Gareth Bell, the best British player in, of recent times. Um, and they were talking about him pre-match, saying if he's if he's actually lived up to his, um, lived up to what his career should have been. And and I can't believe it because he, he has been, of the last 10 years, one of the most clutch players. The most big big game player. Some of the things he's done, the things he's achieved, he's achieved in the game. That he definitely needs to have more respect on his name. Tyler Adams, shout out Bradley Wright Phillips. Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, I've been saying to him that Tyler Adams, since he joined Leeds, I didn't know much about him to be totally honest. But he's obviously come over from America, New York Red Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. And I was saying to Brad even just well, over the weekend, actually, that Tyler Adams is a good, good player. Very good player from what I've seen um, at Leeds. And today in that game, I saw him with the armband and it reinforced what, what I've been thinking, that he's a good player. And oh, I don't want to say what what, um, what what was said behind closed doors about that because I don't want to start anything. But let's just say he, he can do it at a higher level and if he continues to play like he like he does now he will go on because again he's someone for someone so young he plays with with a maturity and he can do it all he can defend he can attack he can pass he can he can tackle like he, he can do it all so i think the more games he plays the more he improves you know the better you know we're going to see i think he's going to come out of this season with his stock right up there cuz um what a player. What a player Tyler Adams is, honestly. Um, I think that might be it for the update. Is it? Is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. Oh, the Holland match. Holland and Senegal. I didn't really like that, that game. I felt it was like it was a bit boring. But key moments, Edouard Mendy. I've been telling people, and I don't want to talk about club football and stuff like that, but I've been telling you, Edouard Mendy... I don't know, man. I feel like before Kepa got injured, Kepa should have kept that number one shirt because Edouard Mendy, I feel like he was at fault for both goals. But they're going to say the second goal didn't really matter because it was last minute or whatever, last couple seconds. But no, he was definitely at fault. He was definitely at fault for it. And the first goal, what what was he? Yeah, so that's, that's not good enough. And what should have been a point, turned into minus three points. Like you've lost you lost the game. Do you know what I mean? So um but yeah it's we're we're you know it's just started. The big boys um France oh what because but the injuries. Benzema. Oh, I'm so sad for Benzema. I was really looking forward to 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 seeing him play. Obviously this is probably gonna be his last World Cup as well. So um, I was really disappointed that he's gone home injured. Um, 
But France, Portugal are yet to come come in. Argentina touchdown tomorrow. Let me see what the other fixtures are. Let me see what the other fixtures are. World Cup fixtures. So tomorrow we have Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. Oh, goals, 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 goals galore for that one. Denmark, Tunisia, one o'clock. Mexico, Poland. Oh, no, where am I? Where am I? Okay, tomorrow. Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Wow, we have four matches on tomorrow. Wow. France play tomorrow night as well. Okay, cool. So hopefully to after tomorrow, I can um, do another update. I want to try to keep these going as often as possible. If I don't do one tomorrow, definitely the day after. If you guys don't really care for this, just let me know and I won't do it either. I'm still going to be doing a podcast, hopefully in this off-season during the World Cup. World is off time for a lot of players. I can get a couple more players on as well because they'll be freed up. But um, yeah, like I said, comment down below and just let me know. Make sure you engage on all the social media channels. Um, keep the conversation going. Hashtag counterattack podcast until tomorrow or whenever we're out.